Welcome to another episode of the Self Storage Insight Podcast. I'm Ben Shirey, and today I'm going to be joined by Brett Copper. And uh, excited to talk about this topic today. We're going to talk about how to prepare for the slow season in storage. And so, you know, coming into 2023, going in or coming into 2024 from 2023, a slower season than anybody expected this year. And so, you know, uh, a lot of the a lot of the self storage property owners that have been in the business just over the past few years since kind of the rush to storage happened, you know, 2020, uh, 2020 to 2022, uh, a lot of these operators haven't experienced, you know, a slow season or even getting through 23 as slow as it was. And so, uh, yeah, super excited to have you on the podcast with me today, Brett. And we're going to talk about, yeah, how, how should people be preparing uh, for this slow season uh, that would typically be the slow season for storage that we're getting ready to come into? Yeah, uh, Brett, excited to have you back on the podcast with me today. Thank you for joining me and taking some time out. Uh, Copper Storage management and uh yeah always enjoy having you on here with me of course man thanks for having us we uh we love uh participating with you guys and so far it's been great topics too man so hopefully a lot of people are getting good information yeah absolutely and uh so yeah we're going to be talking today about how to manage your facility during the slow time we're getting ready to kind of approach you know a slow season with self-storage and you know i'll be really interested to see over you know the next few months how it transitions from the slow season back into the busy season, right? Like, so we all saw a somewhat of a downturn in occupancies through 2023. And so going into the slower season now, recovering back out of that into 2024, some of, you know, what, the, what that'll look like. So I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on some of the, some of the questions that we have for today. In fact, man, I can, um, uh, give a little bit of a, a some new info uh, as far as the market in 2023 to kind of start that off. Uh, Absolutely. There. Yeah. We, that would be awesome. As uh, Chuck from Storable just did uh, a new interview, and I think he did it with um, Jessica Johnson at SBOA. I think that that's where the interview came from. And I think it was this last week. And so Storable, with all of their purchases, they have uh, exposure with about 40 some odd thousand facilities across all their products. And there's only 60 to 70,000 facilities in the US. So they have uh, well over half uh, is some in some way touch well over half of the facilities in the U.S. So by a long, uh, by a, a lot, a pretty wide margin, they by far have the most data of any company in storage, uh, and no one's even close as far as market trends and everything else. And so uh, he came out and basically said that from 2023, from the beginning through now, we never had a busy season. That hasn't happened in storage where we haven't had the busy rental season. Uh, like normal in 20 years. I mean, it, it's always been that way since we've been in it. Even in 2008, there was still a busy season uh, and we got that normal rental season. It just wasn't, didn't peak as high, but we never had it uh, at all this time, which is very, very different. And I'm sure uh, caused a lot of people to panic probably because right. no one really used to that or saw that coming. Uh, only a few people were were smart enough to really look at the downturn in the housing market and say, I think this time is going to be different. And so, it's interesting seeing a race to the bottom with rates across huge operators, the REITs all the way down to single operators that have cut their rates in half, 70%, 80% to try and uh, make up for the ground that they missed in this year. So it's kind of some uncharted territories and no one knows exactly what's going to happen next year. I'm banking that it's hey, it has to pick up. There's got to be some rebound because there usually is, but you know, it's uncharted territory, so it could continue to surprise us. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of unknown questions uh, that, you know, that nobody's really seen yet. So we don't really know what to anticipate going into the new year. 
uh, or finishing out this year even. And so, yeah, one of the, one of the things too, is that I know that there's still a lot of, you know, first time facility owners that have been purchasing facilities through 2022, 2023, that are still just trying to figure out, you know, how are they going to lease up? I, I work with a lot of newer companies uh, with CC storage, with our software. And so a lot of them, as they're trying to lease up through this slower year, they've, it's been a lot harder than they anticipated, you know? And so I'll be really curious to see, you know, I, I know of a bunch of facilities that are still about to open early part, you know, Q1 2024. And so I'm really curious to see, you know, come up with some different ways to help them through that lease up phase when the market is down. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns out there for sure. To your point about the new owners, uh, the biggest issue I see is the ones that weren't conservative enough with their projections, where they overpaid for facilities um, and, and tried to just capture because there was a gold rush, right? I mean, COVID created returns on storage facilities that were unheard of uh, across the board. And so everyone at the end of every gold rush economically, they still chase the same returns. And so there's always going to be people that got in too late. And we've seen a lot of new owners get in too late where they weren't careful enough with that first purchase. They didn't hedge the bet. And so now we're seeing a lot of facilities coming right back up for sale that were just purchased at, you know, half a million dollars off, a million dollars off compared to what we're paid because people just can't afford uh, the interest payments, variable mortgage rates. So it's really... It, it sucks to see those people, frankly. I mean, I hate to see anybody that made those bad decisions. Uh, but if you have capital, uh, we've started buying a bunch of facilities again because the values have come back down. So it's really interesting to see such a quick turn uh, from those decisions. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, values came down, interest rates went up. And I mean, it's kind of just a, a really bad dynamic for somebody that's just trying to start out with a business for sure. So yeah, I'll be curious to see what the what the sales market side, you know, of storage looks like over the next 24 months, because I think that's going to have a big impact on, you know, uh, acquisitions and that sort of thing for sure. Yeah, uh, going to be a lot of value add opportunities out there uh, where people paid too much for facilities. But, That's right. Yeah. So, so kind of diving into, you know, how do we prepare for the slow season? Uh, I'd like to pick your brain a little bit. You know, what are some ways that we can try to increase occupancy or at least maintain occupancy while we're going into the slow season that, you know, that we're aware of that's coming? So, People are trying to figure out because it's abnormal that we didn't have the high of the busy season. There are a lot of theories out there as to how we can. Uh, really help where the industry is at now. And one thing Storable came out with is they said for the first time, and I believe Q3 and, uh, or Q2 and Q3 of 2023, the move in to move out ratio was negative for the first time on average, which never happens during those quarters. It, it normally will be usually 1.1, 1 1.5, 1 1.8, uh, but, but it was really around a 0 0.8, 0 0.7 move in to move out ratio, which is very concerning for, for those months is very abnormal. And no one really can come up with a great answer as to why, which scares people. I think the theory I like the most, which ties directly into how to maintain our current occupancy or even try to build it is pull back rate increases, because I think we're at, which is never, we've never had to do that in this business, but we're at a place where I saw the other day, I think American savings accounts went from like 1.3 trillion uh, a year ago to just 180 million uh, in like 12 months, which is astounding. So people don't have money. Credit card debt's as high as it's ever been. And so if you don't want people to move out, we cannot touch them 
as much as we have been by adding these extra fees, being aggressive with rate increases. And you can see the Titanics, the, the big companies that built their whole uh, quarterly earnings off of those rate increases, having to try and dodge the iceberg and even turn the ship around in some cases. And they're having they're struggling to do so. But I think right. it starts with taking down the rate increases, taking down our rates, giving good promotions, because we can always change course and turn those rate increases back on or make them more aggressive in the next couple months if the market turns around. But rate increases are seemingly having a much larger impact than they ever have in this business. Uh, so I think number one is we we have to be a lot less aggressive. Right. And so so from your experience then too, working with some larger companies, is it pretty typical anyway to not do your your standard rate increases through, you know, the the winter months or whenever it's a little bit slower and and just mainly push the rate increases through the busy season? Or does everybody normally just let them run year round? Normally let them run year round up until really at least the last decade, it hasn't affected much because Typically, the rate increases are going to be based on when the person moved in originally. So some portion of your base historically has a rate increase every month. So whether that's every six months, whether every nine, whenever they moved in dictates when it is. Right. So you could get away with it. You really would stay kind of even, but uh, revenue keeps increasing. But what's happening now is the, the move out ratio uh, to move ins is so negative that uh, you're not making up in revenue by continuing those rate increases. And so uh, it's going to be pretty detrimental if you're 20% less in occupancy once we do have a busy season to make that up, where historically you probably stayed about even in the winter months or you went very slight negative, uh, but but it always makes up back on the high of the busy season. So it really is uncharted where we're having to do things differently than the way that we've always done it. Right. Yeah. And so yet yeah, uh, adjusting rate increases, I think, yeah, that'll be a big, a big part for one. Um, another thing is, you know, how do, how do we go about increasing occupancy? It seems like there's so many move-in specials now, like almost everybody I talk to is doing something special to try to get people in to where it's almost the standard. If you don't offer that, you're not even going to get new occupancy. Right. But I was actually just talking to somebody the other day and uh, I'm actually going to have her on a podcast with me here shortly, but she was talking about some different stuff that they do at their business, which I thought was pretty cool. So I just thought I'd share with you was they do like elf storage is what she calls it. And mm -hmm. so they have a Christmas special on five by fives where they run a two month special at a discounted rate, but they can actually get their packages shipped right to the facility it's a larger facility. So they have somebody there manning that. And yeah. so they were doing some pretty creative things as like, as far as she was discussing. And so I was just kind of curious on your thoughts on that too, as far as like getting creative with other ways to increase occupancy other than just move in specials or discounted uh, initial rates. Yeah. It, one of the first ways is letting people rent anytime, any day, you know, giving as much support to them as possible, just utilizing a call center. And there are so many good call centers out there. It's more imperative now than ever to give a customer more options to rent and not just limit it to nine to five, five or six days a week that, that right. you're going to miss too many rentals. People are extremely busy. People are trying to work to gain more money, especially coming up for holidays. So they don't have those normal hours and breaks that they're going to be able to see you. It's imperative that tenants can rent on their own any hours that they want to, or uh, by talking to someone, if that is a call center or chatting online, that's essential. And I think we've also seen that reviews and referrals 
are playing a much higher role right now in gaining more occupancy. So you have to make sure and give some incentive to your current tenants that if they can bring you business, that you're going to give some sort of special to the person they're bringing and maybe give a rent credit, like a free month uh, to the person that is currently uh, renting from the facility to try and drive them to bring in more people. We're seeing that uh, taking uh, more effect, certainly. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, with, with uh, the change, you know, in the trend of, you know, occupancy being down and not having as busy of seasons, there's going to have to be more of a focus on, you know, doing things operationally to help drive that occupancy back up, you know, a little bit more involvement, such as, you know, it's running a business more so than it is just collecting revenue from, from the asset. And so, yeah, doing things like that where you're, you know, to, to run a, to run a referral program, for example, there does, it does require a little bit of an investment from everybody there as far as putting that program together and making sure you follow up with it and and the marketing materials and that sort of thing as well. And so I think there is going to be a little bit more of a time involvement from the asset that's going to be required unless you work with somebody. I don't know, like as far as, you know, management companies that are doing referral programs, you, you can get people to set that stuff up for you. Um, and then especially to your point, the call center, I, as you were saying that, I mean, I was just kind of thinking about, I don't even know that I personally go anywhere anymore between nine and five, right? Like yeah, for me to get out of the office from a nine to five, if it's, I need to get a haircut or I need to go to the doctor. Like I don't even go to the same doctor anymore because he didn't have evening hours and I can't, I don't want to reschedule my whole day, let alone to rent a storage unit. Right? right. And so if you're not, if you're not operating around the clock, as far as for move-ins with automation and a call center, you really have to be because you don't want to be answering your phones at seven and 8 PM when you're with your family, but somebody needs to be. That's exactly right. Yeah. It makes no sense when most other businesses have gone that direction where we can do business anytime, day or night without, uh, without being limited to those hours. You're right. Yeah, for sure. So as far as far as on that side of it too, then I know, you know, typically, you know, when you're coming into a slower season, you're going to increase your marketing budgets and your ad spend, you know, with, with, with normal businesses, that's what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to put some money into marketing. We know the slow season's coming. So we're going to increase marketing budgets to, to offset that and to bring in tenants. What, what, uh, what's your thoughts on that as far as, you know, putting together a new marketing plan for the year? you know, putting money into your website or, or running ads. Um, what, what's kind of the best ways you think to, to optimize that revenue that you're going to spend on that? Yeah, you've got to have a really good marketing partner first uh, because they have to be very talented at PPC management, keyword management, listing management, because it's become much more competitive. More facilities now than ever uh, are having better websites from good providers and so the PPC is really the best spend currently, but it has to be utilized well. The problem is because it's become more competitive, we've seen average PPC rates go from three, 400 bucks a facility to 800 to 1200 bucks a facility because there is uh, less demand, which means you're paying more to fight for less customers, essentially. Uh, so that's become kind of a big piece. Um, Facebook marketing has become uh, slowly more and more on the rise. We're seeing more people spend money in Facebook ads. I still am not a huge believer in maybe even Instagram uh, ads as much yet based on a base. I think that will become more prominent based on millennials and how much we rent uh, and, and then use uh, Instagram. But certainly Facebook is having a good enough return that most marketing partners are saying to put some sort of spending dollars there if you're in a very competitive market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree on, I think it storage, at least in my area has really not tapped into the Facebook marketplace 
very well. And I mean, yeah, everybody that I know is on Facebook. So your, your, your potential clients are there. Your potential customers are on Facebook. It's just kind of figuring out like how much money do I need to spend to figure out the audience that I need to get in front of. And so working with somebody that does that, you know, and spending money on a marketing firm that knows what they're doing there can actually save you a lot of money rather than just running some test campaigns yourself. It can be a little overwhelming for, for a storage facility owner managing their business to also try to do marketing. Cause I, I had talked to some that were going to try and run their own campaigns. And I was just like, man, till you do AB testing and you get into the analytics and stuff that you're going to want to see to know if that is converting at a good rate, you're going to be in over your head. And so I would always recommend, yeah, hire a good marketing firm and, and spend some money on it because it's going to actually save you money in the long run. That's exactly right. Yep. So uh, on on kind of the same note here too, as well, one of the things that I, I kind of, I don't say, I wouldn't say I look forward to a slow season in the business is though it does give you a little bit of time to kind of review and reflect the things that you want to change going forward. You know, it is kind of a pause on, you know, some of the busyness that we get into. Sometimes we get caught up in, you know, a bunch of nuances that we really don't even need to be doing, but we're busy. And so we just keep doing those things. And so utilizing the slow season to kind of reflect on what is working with my business, what isn't, what am I paying for that I don't need to be paying for, or what could I be paying for that would save me a ton of time and money. And so kind of reviewing operations as well as, you know, technology solutions or partners and that sort of thing. Uh, to kind of make sure I'm maximizing my business for 2024, I think will be a big part of it as well. Yeah. And to your, to your point, I mean, we're seeing that CapEx improvements are making a huge difference. And and before you could get away with not maybe fixing the gate uh, as quickly as you should have, or having better lighting or better cameras, it's just not the case anymore. Customers are more picky about where they're going to be renting and those things matter. So when an owner, you know, wants to save a few grand to get the gate fixed, you might lose 20 customers now that are pissed about it because it hasn't been fixed in a couple of months. I mean, that right. that's a big deal. And so the best time to do that is when you have that down season. The question becomes making sure you have the money set aside when you buy the facility that you expect those CapEx changes so that you have some money ready to spend and, and you're not going to be put out doing it. It's also the best time if you are going to switch software to do it because you have the least amount of incoming business you have the least amount of payments being taken as far as new things, rentals happening and activity. So uh, the same is also applied to websites. If you're going to switch to a new website provider, build a new website, uh, do that during the slow season so that you're not interrupting new business when you need it. Right. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially with the website, as far as you don't want to pull your website down or, you know, be making edits and, and losing SEO and things like that. Uh, due to broken links or whatever, if if the season if you're in the busy season, it is a really good time in the in the slower season to do that. As well as you know, integrating with a management company or you know working with another another partner, it gives you kind of a chance to, you know, work that relationship into where you're comfortable with it before business picks up, and then they're working with you a lot closer. You know, so you can kind of build that relationship with the companies that you're partnering with as well through the slower season. I feel like a little bit better. So yeah, that's right. a good point. So yeah, as far as far as then gearing up for the busy season, um, what what are some things that we should be looking to do as we then transition from the slow season back into what is hopefully a busier season in twenty twenty four than it was in twenty three? Yeah, get your unrentables ready to rent. I mean, that's the most frustrating thing when an owner goes into the busy season with one five by ten left or one ten by ten, and they have five that should have been cleared out and ready to go or you are a high occupancy 
already and you have a bunch of auctions that haven't been sold and you, you've been putting off. I mean, you want to make sure your inventory is available and not just, hey, I've got 10 units left, but you could have had one of each unit type or multiple of each unit type because you don't want to miss out on rentals where they're not coming to you because of a size. We see that happen a lot. They're like, well, my occupancy is low enough, but yeah, but you, you only have you have no 10 by 10s left where you could have had eight if you would have done this and those rent faster than other units. So making sure your inventory is ready and then making sure your promotions and uh, rates have changed appropriately. You don't want to charge the same thing uh, in January that you're charging in May when we know that we're going to have the increased business. You want to cap, you know, capture as much money on the front end as possible uh, and make sure you're set up because right now, usually a dollar a month in NOI is somewhere around, uh, you know, $150, $130 in asset value. So a couple of dollars of rental makes a huge difference uh, in your equity and how much that facility is going to be worth when you sell it. And so you don't want to lose out on those few dollars of rental. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so so when you guys manage a, a property for somebody, uh, as far as with copper storage management, um, do you look at, you know, how are the rates changing month to month as far as setting the monthly rate? Like you're looking at the competitor's rates in the area, tertiary, month over month, so you can continue to adjust your rates accordingly? Or, or what do you do there? That's exactly right. So we review those uh, weekly, depending on what the occupancy is, the market, competitors, occupancies. And so all of that is based specifically on that market. And typically, the market's three to five miles, uh, depending on comparable assets nearby, population density, those kinds of things. But yes, revenue management has to be uh, reevaluated constantly and constantly to make sure, because right now the rates are changing faster than, than they have, and everyone's racing to the bottom. So you really have to be diligent about doing the research and making those changes. Right. Yeah. And and then to get back to one other point that you had said there too, is, you know, utilizing the right size of units, as you were saying about making sure stuff's ready to go. You know, one of the things I think that is always valuable to look back is even year over year, different sizes of spaces in different areas are going to become more popular. Right. So as, you know, as rates and everything keep changing or as even, you know, the market changes, it may make sense for me to do some renovations to my facility to add more smaller units in or to open up some walls and add some more larger units because I can look back at my books from the last year and see what is renting at a higher rate. What do I have higher occupancies with? And so uh, doing a little bit of that evaluation and then making those renovations, I think would be crucial too, as far as maximizing your revenue coming out of your facility. That's right. Yeah. Any, uh, any, any other thoughts as far as going into the slow season, something that maybe I forgot to cover or uh, something that you thought of while we were talking about that? Any tips on, on yeah, getting through the slow season and staying as profitable as possible? No, I think we covered uh, most of the topics. I, I really do. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good base and hopefully a lot of people find it uh, helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, as always, man, I appreciate, I appreciate uh, doing the podcast with you and uh, your insights. I think they bring a lot of value. And and again, with this year being so much different than what we were kind of, I don't know if it was more, much different than we were expecting. At some point, we knew it was going to come back down, right? It was it was too good to be true for too long, right? With a couple of years of just amazing occupancy. And, and um, so everybody kind of expected it to come back down. But yeah, now what's going to happen going forward? Uh, be really excited to you know stay in touch with you keep having you on the show we'll keep discussing things as they unfold in 2024 as well and uh yeah awesome looking forward to it so of course thank you man i appreciate your time as always 
This podcast episode was brought to you by CC Storage. CC Storage is a property management software that helps you pass the fees of credit card processing onto your customers so you don't pay credit card processing fees ever again. If you enjoyed the podcast, there's a link below where you can fill out a form and be interviewed on the podcast with myself. If that interests you, please click the link below and we'll be in touch. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to check back next week for another interview with another self-storage property owner.